Good morning, everyone. It must be Thursday. What a great day this is to be alive in Christ. Thanks for coming by. And we're going to spend some quality time talking about the good things of the Lord. Say, <clears throat> what have you been seeing, seeing, <laughs> what have you been watching concerning your garden? As I came into the studio tonight, uh, this morning, I uh, had a picture of a garden in the back of the house. Now, we had one when I was a teenager. And in that garden, mom and dad planted seeds, radishes, carrots, all the things you do in a garden. My job was to keep the weeds out. And what I learned about gardens in those days was that weeds grow faster than the good stuff, vegetables and whatever. It's an amazing, uh, <laughs> it's an amazing lesson to learn that when you plant good seeds, you also have to take care of the bad seeds that try to grow also. So what do you do? Scripture tells us, as an illustration, that when the enemy came along and planted those terrors, terrors, <laughs> not a terrorist, but a terror, it's a weed seed to, to, to foul up the wheat and, you know, make, a, make it uh, not good to eat. They said, just let them grow together, and then the harvest comes, and so forth. Well, when we have a, a ministry, we have a desire, we have a, a covenant we've made with God, we've had a, a, you know, a push by the Holy Spirit to, to uh, get into the things of God in, in various ways, there will be things that distract us that I'm referring to as weeds in the garden. Now, in this case, you don't let them grow together. You deal with them. You, you, you remove the things that hinder the growth of the, uh, of the plant, of the, uh, you know, the harvest. I lived in uh, Yakima when I was a kid, and the Yakima Valley was in those days a major apple uh, industry. Just miles and miles of apple orchards everywhere you went. Down in the center of town was the major packing houses and places where they kept them stored and they shipped them out to all places of the world. One of the things I noticed about the apple orchards is that they trimmed them back every year. They cut things off and they would go through the apple orchards and if there were four or five apples growing together, they'd pick off two or three of them, throw them away so that the other apples could grow bigger. <laughs> Where am I going with this today? I'm talking about expansion and good harvest. I'm referring to the fact that there's something beyond the, the, uh, the site that we have. And when I'm taught, when I, the, the title of my message or my thoughts today is that the Bible is not the menu, 
it is it's not the it's not the meal it's the menu often we'll open the bible and say i'm going to get i'm going to get the meal but the menu leads us toward the meal doesn't it going to a restaurant <laughs> and they give you a they give you a folded piece of paper in some fancy restaurants. It's almost like a, a novel. You open it up, you know, you have all kinds of pages. You find something in there and you point at it and you say, I want that. There's a picture of it. And in 15, 20, 30 minutes out of the kitchen comes what that menu represented. So it is with a garden. So it is with the apple orchard that, Apple orchard, that garden is the beginning of what you're going to do when the harvest comes, a meal. So it is with the word of God. So it is with the scriptures. So it is with the Bible. I told you uh, last couple of days ago, I got together 17 of my old Bibles when I talked to, I talked to one of my programs about the old notes I had written in the flyleaf of the Bibles. And I took a picture of them, 17. It's a big stack of Bibles. Now, some of them are wore out, pages falling out. Others I set aside and went to another translation and used it for a season. Bibles are, are something you get into and then you, you break them in. My dad taught me early on how to break your Bible in page by page so that it wouldn't fall apart later. All those things, I, the comfort of the Bible, the feel of the leather, the, uh, the smell of the pages, the, the notes you make in them are all part of, of that foundational thing that we love. But the book, the paper and ink, and even the words on the page are just a, just a menu. They teach us and show us where to go for the meal. And the meal is in the spirit of God. The meal is in the Holy Ghost. The meal goes beyond what the page says and gives us the power of it. For instance, the sons of Issachar, Issachar in the Old Testament, they knew the times and the seasons from the scriptures, from the, the, the Jewish writings and the prophets. And the Bereans in the New Testament studied to show, studied to see if these were true. And Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved. So they took the scriptures and they got, they put themselves into the scriptures and out of this, what we call now the Bible, God spoke to them about future events, about covenants made, about the big picture of God's re, <clears throat> reuniting men and women back to himself through the cross and through the sacrifice of Jesus. In the uh, <clears throat> writings of Paul, Paul, you know, was really the one that opened up the Gentile non-Jewish non world. And he said at one point that he didn't want to go back to the apostles in Jerusalem. He did later on, but he didn't want to go back there. He didn't want to know Jesus after the historical facts. He didn't want to know the Jesus of history or the historical Jesus. 
He didn't want to learn about the, the miracles or the, you know, the feeding the 5,000. Now, many of us that were raised in Sunday school, that was, that was, that was Bible stories and how precious they are. And we love to read them and see Jesus healing the sick. And we can visualize and feel the power of the, of the crowd. And we, we play it again and again and again. But what, why did Jesus do that? What was the purpose of him doing that? Was it just another campaign and healing more sick people? Or was there a bigger picture behind the story of the miracle that you read on the page of the Bible? Now, that's the meal. That's, that's the meal. The story of the healing, the story of the 5,000 being fed, of the demonic being delivered, is the menu it shows you what christ did so that it would point to the fact of why he came he didn't come to walk the shores of galilee and heal the sick alone that was that was the journey he was taking and he did that to fulfill the old covenant and to do the things that made the new covenant real the cross and the resurrection. In the healing of the sick and the casting out of the devils, he was showing God's nature, God's grace, God's mercy, God's heart, and God's plan. But he was also proving that he was who the Father said he was, Son of God, and so forth. All right. Now, <laughs> if I sound like I'm shooting, in every direction is probably because I am. The thought is, I want you to grasp it. When you break the Bible open, that's not all you're looking at. If you don't have the Holy Spirit giving you insight, you read John 3.16, you memorize it, you get a prize for it like I did early on. That was one of my first verses I memorized. But as you develop and begin to hear the Holy Spirit, it's not just for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but you see the plan then stretches out from Genesis to Revelation on into eternity where God had a covenant that he made with Adam that Adam failed in. Jesus is the second Adam. He came and sealed it so that he could bring back the entire generation's and the future generations of God's creation back to the heart of the Father. He brought the family home by his journey through those gospel stories to the cross. The menu says, Jesus healed the sick. But the meal really is the fact that Jesus came to show God to the world and sacrifice himself for us. When he died, we died. He died in our place, but we died in him. When he rose, we rose because we were in him. And when he ascended, we ascended. And we are seated now in Christ, not beside Christ, but in Christ in the Father's throne. Well, so if I'm 
<laughs> I feel like I'm way out there today, but that's okay. It's nice and clean air when you get really high in the spirit. <laughs> Amen. No more smog down here when uh, on the lower parts of things. All right. Well, you had to be from L.A. to like that joke. What do you think about that? What do you think about breaking the book open tonight and meditating upon the word of God? Something, a favorite scripture. Meditate upon it until it begins to change in, before your very eyes. And you hear something. The angels of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, spirit of the spirit of revelation begins to say something to you about that scripture. Now, don't just speed read the Bible. That's, I think it's a good plan. I'm not against the plan of reading the Bible through every year, but it becomes a marathon. It loses something when you speed read. But meditating upon the word of God is like soaking in that marinating sauce until it just permeates, the flavor permeates your very soul. As you meditate upon the word day and night, then you begin to hear what the word is really saying to you. Scriptures tell us that the, that the, the spirit of Christ gives us life. And as we meditate upon the words of God, he, says, he said, the words that I speak are spirit and life. So we take those words in, in, in the, in the, Bible, there are red letters sometimes, you know, when Jesus spoke. Go into some of those Sermon on the Mount and so forth and meditate until you hear something beyond what you've read before. I know if you've been in the Bible very long, you surprise yourself. Why didn't I? I never saw that before. What is that? That's looking past suddenly God takes a layer off of your vision and you see something beyond what you ever saw before. That's the meal. That's where you want to go. Amen. It's boring just to read the page over and over if you don't hear the Holy Spirit. And that's why people don't read the word much. I like a good novel especially if it's in a in, you know the category of things of uh, adventure stories or some kind of mystery but i don't read them the second time if i know the plot and i know the ending and i know if the hero won the battle then let's go to another story but the word of god is not that way you don't just get to the end of the story you meditate upon the menu until the meal is revealed <laughs> all right that's my thursday thought for you chew on it for a while see what god tells you you're powerful enough to hear the voice of the lord for yourself so i speak it into your spirit <laughs> amen don't forget all those things on the internet that make it work for for this type of program is sharing and and um, liking and thumbs up and all those good things. It's a blessing to us when you do that. Thank you for your prayers and your financial support. 
is important. And those that have done that over the last years, it helps us keep going. Bless you for that. Tomorrow's Friday. Oh, I knew something good was happening and I could feel it coming. Tomorrow's Friday, my favorite day of the week. We will see you then. Until then, be blessed and get your face in the face of Jesus. Amen.